It's my friend Felgus. He he was one of the the exec. Well, I think we figured out what happened to them. Ludolf, he he shrunk the three of us. But I mean, if this was as nefarious as we think, I don't know that Ludolf would have the antidote sitting next to it. Right? Well, I don't know, because maybe if that mask of theirs hadn't worked, perhaps they would want another way, you know, some alternative way to... That's very true. ...unshrink themselves, perhaps. Uh, it's, it is worth a try. We should check out that that box. Yeah. I mean, I'm not seeing any alternatives, unfortunately, so... Not really. It took us a really long time to get up here. Yes. And now, we continue. So you're currently walking across the coffee table, the large flat mm-hmm. surface uh, towards the cardboard box. You've got Nora with you and Velgus. Um, he's just been info dump expositing about his PhD project to Harold, who took the slightest bit of interest in it. Like every PhD student everywhere, which is fine. I love it. And you you reach the cardboard box and realize, oh, this thing is like another hundred feet tall. That's going to be a pain. Um, and it's a cardboard box. Ben. Yeah. Um, because different DMs do it differently. Something like cardboard, if I was to say mm-hmm. burn a hole in the bottom of the corner of the cardboard, mm-hmm. how much at risk am I of igniting the entire box? Is this a Minecraft fire spread situation? Do you know what I mean? Like it. Hmm. Well, uh, it would start to catch fire, but it not, would not instantly all be on fire all at once. Um, but actually, Harold can spot. There's actually a hole in this box. Mm. Like you, get, you've gotten to the box. You're like looking at it now that it's up close, and you spot that there's a hole. It looks like something perhaps someone has cut a hole uh just big enough for one of you to, to squeeze through mm. that feels suspicious at least that sort of solves the mystery of whether your companions uh were in the box or not it looks like they managed to find their way out hopefully it was my companions and not something trying to get into them oh don't say that sorry <laughs> i've spent some months inside a no i know look it's not your fault it's It's just every time somebody says something like that it just feels very foreshadowy and we end up in weird situations and this is (sighs) no it's not your fault it'll be fine we'll deal with whatever happens okay (laughs) so assuming that you're going to crawl your way through this hole in the cardboard wall uh who's going first Do we all just stand around and look at each other? Potential will. 
I don't know whether Meredith would let Potential go first, though. I think Meredith's going to pull out her crossbow and go on in. Okay. Meredith probably has the easiest time climbing through this gap. Yeah, I'm the smallest. Um, And you emerge into a rectangular space. It is very strange to be this small in a cardboard box. (laughs) Um, It's also pretty dusty as well. It's kind of gross. Yeah. But nothing immediately assails you. Okay. I think it's safe, guys. Come on through. So emerging into this space uh, with some stacks of paper still in here, as well as the the contents of the unusual coloured liquids in those test tubes. But Harold, actually, what catches your eye is in one of the corners of this cardboard box, there actually appears to be what looks like the the remnants of what could have been a camp. Mm-hmm. Somebody has, like, manufactured shelter out of strips of cardboard and paper. Yeah. Well, it looks like they were here for a little while, at least. Seem to have set up shop here uh, for a little while. Give me a survival check. Anyone who cares to make one. Uh, 24. I mean, okay. I'll make it anyway, but okay. like, oh, uh, nat 20 plus one. <laughs> Yes! Okay, okay Meredith's just um, going to let this, you guys do that. campsite has been abandoned for quite some time. It looks like someone was camped here for maybe a couple weeks. Okay. Judging by the like the buildup of like, refuse over in the, the distance. And uh, carved something into the wall. And it takes you a moment to like work out what it is. It's written in common mm. uh, with jagged lines considering it was carved in with a knife you imagine this is the last will and testament of Aroa von Dar and Elathanor Avendhel oh no we were trapped here shrunken by our former friend Ludolf Neuberger a human transmutation wizard he shrunk us we don't know where our friend Velgus Gevin Sath is. We can only hope he is safe. We have been here for three weeks and the potion has not worn off and we have not been discovered. Alathanor has cut a hole through the box and we have made several trips out into the world. It's dangerous out there, but at least there are supplies. Hmm. We're going to risk it out there than starve in here. And it is signed by Aroa Vondar and Olathanor Aventel. Nora, where did you find this box? It was in a, a storage room in in Ferramustus. Well, they kind of got far from there. Uh, maybe. That, that was months ago. I mean, that sort of suggests that... Um... Uh, Ludolf is the one who put the box in that storage area, you know? Yeah, because it was sealed when I fa- when I got hold of it. Hang on, you said you turned up late to that meeting. Was there a yeah. box when you got there? No, it was... Everything was cleared out. Right. I don't know what happened, and so I... You know, I spent the last six months searching for them. Right. Uh, and Velgis, um, his eyes kind of like staring at the writing, he puts his hand on, on Nora's shoulder. Well, you found me. And, he, and she like reaches up and put her, puts her hand on his hand, nods silently. All right. Well, 
I don't think we're going to find them anywhere around here. We need to find out how to get big again. Uh, Harold, because your passive perception is just so good. Um, you find among some of the things that were uh, left here, it looks to be like a piece of parchment has been torn off into roughly what would be now a normal size bit of parchment for you mm. and scratched in with, you're not entirely sure what this ink is made of, but somebody has transcribed something and you can't make sense of it. But it, it was placed here um, so that it's like it, it looked like it was it was meant to be found if, if someone came across the campsite. Um, does anybody recognize the the language or, or markings on this this paper here? Um, can I roll an investigation or insight? Investigation. Yeah, right? investigation. That's 15. Uh, it's not a language, you know. Does it look like a code or something? It definitely looks like it's a language. OK. Um. Can I take it, sit down, and say this will take a minute? And I'm going to ritual cast Comprehend Languages. I don't have it prepared, but I have it as a ritual. Okay. So okay. So you sit down for uh, 10 minutes and you ritual cast Comprehend Languages. You can read what this says. Just out of interest, could I have read it anyway? No. Cool. I just wanted to check before I, like, yeah, skipped a step. Oh, good. No, you, you can't read it. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if any of you can read it. What's normally. the language? Uh, well, does Comprehend Language tell you what language it is? Um, you understand any written language that you see, but you must be touching the surface on which the words are written. So it doesn't... No, you don't know what language it is. But it appears to be half of the instructions for the creating of the shrinking potion and almost the full instructions on how to create the antidote for the shrinking potion. Whatever this was copied from originally must have been a torn page. Like you can see like where where words should be, but they kind of like can see like where that line of, of where that like line ink. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Um I will relay that to Nora. Okay. Ah. Oh, maybe Arathanor or Aroa, they maybe they grabbed it from his hands as they were shrinking. Felgus was did he have something in his hand? Do you remember? Um, I am sorry, Nora. It was months ago. I, maybe he had a book or, or a scroll he was holding. I, I, I'm sorry. The the sensation of shrinking was it was pretty overwhelming. It's all right. This is a really good clue. I feel in the distance, and it kind of echoes. You hear this like huge thumping noise. Like something, something from outside the box. You hear this huge thumping noise, and you're not entirely sure what it is. But like, you can almost you can start to feel the the box you're in like shake slightly. Mm-hmm. Do I get a sense of the direction um, of, of the, the noise? You know your apartment. It sounds like. Whatever it is is getting closer, and it has—it's coming from the direction of your front door. Hmm. Um. It kind of sounds like someone's maybe approaching the door. Uh, give me a. I feel like it's survival again. Uh, actually, no. Just give me a 
Perce uh, perception. Maybe perception. Give me a perception. 19. Uh, is your passive better than that? Yeah, we'll just take... Okay, so yeah, your passive 22. isn't quite good enough to work out exactly. But it sounds like it's getting closer. And your sense of scale is, like, wildly off. But it may even be, like, mm. within the room. I'll head to the um, entrance of the box. Mm -hmm. And sort of see what I can see. Uh, so you, like crawl your way back through this hole in the cardboard box through heat haze like distance vision something comes into focus and it's this enormous humanoid figure that you like take a moment to start to work out what this is it's just this this huge huge gnome mm -hmm. and you recognize him it's Lanwin ah <laughs> And you just hear this booming voice. Meredith? How old? Does Meredith recognize the voice? It's so low. Mm. Like, it's such yeah. a deep register. Um, give me... Oh, uh, perception, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, 20, but not a natural 20. You've heard Lanwin's voice in a number of unusual situations already. <laughs> you slowed it down and sped it up too, probably. Bard times. Bard um, fun. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that could be Lanwin's voice. Is that... Is that Lanwin? Uh, I, I mean, it certainly looks like him, so far as I can make out. Okay. Sciencey question for everybody. So I know that if Meredith tried to speak to Lanwin, he probably wouldn't be able to hear her because when your voice box gets super small, like the vibrations are going to be really, really, really tiny, right? And that means that the sound is going to be um, really high frequency. So he probably won't be able to hear anything that she says. But if I messaged Lanwin... Huh. So it has verbal somatic and material components for message and it's it <laughs> says a whisper that only you can hear like it's not yeah. uh it's not a mental oh yeah. okay it's, like i know that we mm. often treat it like it's so, a mental thing but it's yeah it's not. It's, 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 not so it's, it's a voice that travels through magically to the person right so it's still going to be at the same frequency so it's be very very small very very high pitch okay so that's not going to work. Am I right? <laughs> yes. The door was unlocked. Hello. Uh, Lanwin could help. How do we? How do we get in, in contact with him? I'm going to cast guiding bolt at the ceiling. <laughs> okay. And what does that look like? So this is like I'm assuming you like getting out of the cardboard box or within the cardboard box. Uh, just in case outside, okay. I'll, 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 and I'll just sort of aim it's like it up sending like up a flare. flare. And there's, yeah. there's just a, I mean, it would look almost like a laser beam to Lanwin, I'm sure. But like, there's, there's basically like, um, like a better version of the spell effect from Harry Potter that doesn't look like stupid foam, but instead it's like stars, mm -hmm. but it has that like particle effect. Like that's, that's what Guardian Bolt looks like when Harold casts it. It's like... Mm -hmm. It's like a beam of like starlight, you mm -hmm. know, like it, like if you could see it, it would like twinkle. Okay. Um, I'm gonna get, make him a perception check. He like he must he must catch it in the corner of his eye because he turns, mm. but he doesn't he doesn't seem to like register you. 
I have a weird question about message. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. We're sciencing all over the message spell today. It's good. Um, it's so good. I was... Does message not work potentially like a set of, he- a set of headphones? Um, I've so, kind of always thought of it as like you're speaking into a, like a tin can with a wire that goes off sure. magically to another person's tin can. And, and in which case my observation would be though that that's how like sound works is that you can get something vibrating not very much at all and the vibrations that are set off Exactly like in a tin, the tin can type setup is. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, okay, so you... am I causing the sound, or am I actually just effectively vibrating his eardrum? Because if I'm vibrating his eardrum, yeah. the message would still work. I think I like that I, the idea that like message vibrates somebody's eardrum so they hear it. As it... it's like a bone conduction. Yeah, but. But it's thing. the speed of those vibrations. Like your brain has to change them, has to be able to pass those into individual sounds. I and mean, if- you could try and run away and, <laughs> and like run away from his position mm. in such oh, a speed that effective. the doctor yeah. effective I, I, I more meant though that like, that- <laughs> how, how, how low of a register can Potentia speak? Like uh, question. I mean, yeah, how fast can you run? I think is the question. I think it would have to be pretty fast. <laughs> I don't know, because that's, that's the question, right? Like, if you think about... I don't think the Doppler effect is going to apply in the situation. Can you no. red or blue shift sound? Yeah. I also think Doppler effect is more about... Uh, distance. distance. Yeah, that's not about... Speed as um, well. Yeah, yeah right. Because so, what I'm thinking is if, if in fact what message does is vibrates someone's eardrum, you can set yeah. how fast that is. Because that's the difference between you yelling in someone's ear and you speaking in someone's ear. No, so pitch is related to... I know know it's about amplitude, but more in terms of you're still controlling how much that vibration is happening. Yeah, but you still have to be able to... to I reckon because we're like one centimetre tall, we'd have to be able to slow down and speak really low to the point where we wouldn't be able to understand what we're saying. So I guess it's whether or not you can like pretend to say stuff, or like. Do you know what? Do you I'm know gonna, the point I'm trying to like. Can, yeah. Hmm. Okay. I. I do. Yeah. I'm gonna say that you could use message, but it's going to sound very, very quiet and like almost like almost far away. Like it's gonna sound That's weird. That's fine. But yeah, what more I'm trying to work mm-hmm. out like cog like cognitively, my brain's like. But you, the reason I'm thinking yeah. it is if you get a fly in your ear, you can hear mm-hmm. it. And that's why I'm like, it's it's still... Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, okay, we can give it a go. You can certainly try. Well, that, yeah. my question then is, is Potentia the one who realises that or is Meredith the one who tries it? Because your gut was to do that, Joe, mm. but my question is whether um, that's... Well, I think mm. also you may have to run out towards him because it only has a range of 120 feet. And he's... Right. And he he is maybe like three regular feet away which is yeah. many hundreds of feet now you'd have to get him closer for the, the spell to hit him okay you can point but you, po- you can't point that far yeah i mean i'm willing to give that a go you need to get him to get you need to bring him closer um maybe we could try guiding bolt again or like try another can, flare i was gonna say i will i will i will do an equivalent but it's it's her equivalent yeah. of um 
I mean, it's a really dumb use of it, but... <laughs> How big is a 20-foot radius sphere at this scale? Like, in terms of physical, real scale? Mm-hmm. How big's 20 feet? Um, Are we saying that six foot is now a centimetre? Yes. Okay, so if six foot is now a centimetre, then 20 feet is like three and a half centimetres across. Right? Okay, yes. Great. Um, I'm going to go straight up in the air and cast Fireball, like an appropriate height, like as high as I can get it, because that's going to okay. make a little three centimetre, like yeah. very visible explosion. Mm. Um, it's 20 foot radius, so 40, 40 foot. 40 foot across, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you're talking Which about is... like, oh, it's more like 10 centimetres. Um, and it's it's 150 feet is the maximum range, so that's like a foot and a half off the coffee table. A foot and a half off the coffee table. But what I'd like to do is do it out, like not above the box, okay. just in case I accidentally hit it with the right ra- the outside edge of the radius of the. Okay. Oh well, with with 150 feet, you can get it out of the box, but yes. yeah, so, okay. as long as it's as long as it is fully clear of the box, that's mm-hmm. what I'm aiming for. All right, I'm going to give him another perception check um, with advantage because of, uh, you know. Hang on, if it's 40 feet, that's it's like five or six centimeters. It's a big ball of yeah, fire. Yeah, so he's just like, whoa. You hear these like these footsteps coming closer. This like boom, boom, boom. All right, Meredith is going to point up and make her voice as low as possible. And she says, learn when. Down here. Meredith? I hear you, but I don't see you. Are you invisible? She's going to point. She's going to point and say, No, we're just very small. Uh, And he is going to look around, see if he can see any of you. Uh, Who is outside the box currently? I am. Anyone? Fireballed. Me. Okay. Um, he's like looking around, and then you see these, like these eyes, like do that, th- like they like they see you, and they f- like focus. You can like you're at a scale where you can see his irises focus. Mm. Whoa. Mm. Um, this is probably Hang on. your irises aren't the things that focus. No, they don't. Your lenses get yeah, pulled. yeah. You That's see his like his his eyes work. Oh yeah, because irises are the aperture. The pupils. So yeah, you see pupils. his like eyes. Pupils is what his, we're talking about. Pupils dilation. Pupils dilation. His pupils is different to, to yeah focus. Yeah, you yeah, see yeah, his yeah. like. No, you're right. Uh, yeah, so he like sees you, and he like brings his face in, and this, this is probably something a little like otherworldly. You've never been like this close to another human, like another person's face before at this scale. <laughs> like you can see his paws and like humans up close. Are gross. Are gross. They're real gross. Oh yeah. <gasps> Would you be able to see the stuff living on his face? Uh, possibly. Like face mites? Maybe, we have stuff living on our faces. Maybe if you got like real, real close to him, you could like look at it, but very small be very very small yeah anyway so <laughs> uh he looks confused how did this happen and they're like uh can i please get a dexterity saving throw from the people outside the box mm. <laughs> 14. 
Nine. <laughs> Harold, you are. Oh Bob. no! Harold, you are you no! are knocked backwards. Mm. And he like he he recoils back and he like covers his mouth. I'm sorry. And he like leans in close again. He's like, co- like trying to prevent his own breath from knocking you down. Hmm. Hey folks, Ross here. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of Dungeons and Doctorates. If you enjoy the show, why not recommend the podcast to a friend? It really helps us grow our audience. If you have questions for our cast about the show or a submission for a mid-show message, head over to dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. You can also help support the show by checking out our sweet merch over at merch.dndoctorates.com. And now, back to the action. Can I speak low enough to make myself heard by him to ask if I can, like, climb up on his ear so that I can talk to him? Yeah. That idea of the bug in the ear is kind of where I'm going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you could yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. That, please. Um, okay. So he, he, like, put his hand down, which looks must look terrifying, yeah. the scale that you're in. He puts his hand down on the table so you can, like, climb up onto it. Yep. I, I do that. Uh, and he brings his hand up, like, to his ear, which he didn't expect this to happen, so it's, it's probably... It's gross. Yeah, gross. she's not happy. She's not happy. Um, there was a shrinking th- spell, a potion thing, mist. Anyway, we just need something that's going to get us back to proper size, and we can explain later. Uh, he like you see him like turn his head to look at you, but he obviously he can't because you're in his ear. But that that natural reaction to like turn and look at you. How can I help? Do you have a source of something to help us grow? You're a small person. I know the irony is is not lost on me right now. But <laughs> my goodness, it's a good thing Meredith yeah, can't hear this. My expertise are in artificing. Tinkering. I I don't know much of I did take one chemistry class. Or maybe it was alchemy when I did it still. I mean you could just pick us all up and take us to Bonin. I suppose. Uh where are the rest of you? I is that Harold? If you put me down back down on the tape can you put put me back down, I'll get us all together and we'll come up. And he puts his hand next to his ear. Yeah, I climb back down. And he, like, as gingerly as, as as gnomishly possible, he places it on the table. Well, shall we go see Bonin? And I say that assu- like I have assumed that you know that I've had this conversation. I know, Kate, that you haven't heard that, but, like, she doesn't. Bonin? And, then, like, Meredith goes, Bonin? And then thinks about it for a second and goes... Bonin. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Well, yeah, hang on a minute. Let's go. I mean, is the potion that we need in this box? Because if so, can't we just get Lanwin to open it for us? Yeah, but we don't know which one's which. And last time we opened up a potion, we ended up at one centimeter high. I mean, we know which one it isn't, which is something, I suppose. Yeah, look, that's true. But I'd rather have somebody. Why don't we get Lanwin to take the box with him? Yes. That climb in the box. I'll go. I'll go back up. No, we shouldn't climb in the box. Because what if the papers end up, run, rough, you know, rummaging around and we get crushed? Fine. Get on the hand. 
You can tell she's at the point of just being like, I don't want to be small anymore. <laughs> I'm sick of this. Oh, yeah, neither of us do, but we also want to be alive. No, no, what I mean, it's her attitude is like, then get on the hand. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, is Nora coming with? Is other dude yeah. bro yeah, coming Yeah, Nor- Nora, Nora and Velgus are not going to stick it around inside the box if it's going to get no. shuffled cool. with them inside. Potentially going to do, like, basically just jump up and down a couple of times on Lamwin's hand with a view that that might get his attention enough to, like, lift him back up because he'll realize that he can't hear her. Uh, yeah, so he'll he'll lift him, like, he'll, like, he'll bring himself up to, like, to look at you first. Are we all on the hand? No, just potential, and then put you back, yeah. put okay. him, you back in his ear. Put your hand back down. They'll all climb up and then take the box and all of us to Bonin. Okay. Wait, how many? And he puts the, his, he puts his hand back on the table. You, you all just hear like a thump outside as he puts his hand down. Huh. All right. I guess that's our cue. Um. Okay. Is there anything we need to to get here before we we leave? Uh, the box is coming with us, apparently. Okay. Good. Yes. Uh, Velgus and Nora will come outside the the cardboard box and join you up on the hand. Uh, Harold Meredith, you also climbing up onto the hand. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then Lanwin will like reach up and put his his hand next to his ear. At this point, he realizes, "I'm sorry, I haven't cleaned my ears tonight." Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> Thank you. It's fine, buddy. Okay. So where am I going? To the library. Okay, um... And you see, like, what must be a very strange perspective to see, like, the arms come out and, like, scoop up this cardboard box. Yeah. Now, this was quite a large cardboard box, um, and Nora had some, like... Nora found potential and got potential to carry it. But my assumption Um, is that... Hang on. Is the giant orb thing not now on the ground? It is on the ground. So my assumption is that that was in the box, which is part of the reason that it was so heavy, and that we're leaving the big orb thing behind. That we're just yes. taking the box and the box's contents, not the big mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, so it's not it's not heavy. It's just a large box for a gnome Awkward. to carry. But he does the best he can as he is going to head out uh, into the city towards Veramash University carrying this box. I have to say, this is a strange situation to find myself in. It's strange for you. We're one centimetre tall. (laughs) This is what insurance is for. (laughs) In spite of herself, Meredith laughs. Uh, Potential's going to look across to wherever Harold is. I imagine probably, given that you are now travelling at... A distance, a speed that you could no longer, you could not travel at your former scale. You're probably having to hold on to hair, hairs, for like stability. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all like lying down on the ground and like on the the hand and like holding. No, no. On to he, the put edge you, of it. he put you. He put you in his ear. Like you are in his ear. Oh really? Oh. That's how you. That's how you can talk to him. Okay. Yeah. We're all holding on for dear life. Mostly, just looked across to just kind of be like, in a, in that very like. I'm done with this kind of Mm -hmm. facial expression. So, what's the plan? Um, I mean, I suppose we're hoping that um, Bonin has some 
method of identifying what these potions do and can hopefully select the correct one for us. Look, it's not a comprehensive plan, but Bonin seems to be the best idea we've had all day. Okay, that works for me. Nora has pulled out that big book that she has and she's uh, flicking through it. Uh, As you're walking, she spends 10 minutes to cast Comprehend Languages. Mm-hmm. And she starts reading this book as this this page as well. What are you doing as we walk from Harold's apartment to Feromastus? Hanging on. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Jen just doing that thing. You know. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else does this. Like, um, if you ever find yourself in like the hollow of a tree with like your feet on one side and your back on the other, I feel like she's just doing that on his ear, like, mm-hmm. like in his ear, in his ear. Mm. Just like bracing herself, just writing it out. Okay. Uh, Nora is like pouring over this page. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I can get us back to the right size. There was there was a green potion in the. Uh, L- Lanwin. Yes. Uh, is there a green potion in that box? Um, hang on. And he like puts the box down and like rummages through. Yes, I have it here. Okay, so. Green potion. We need. Uh, I think. What is this word? What is this word? I just. I need to know what this word. Here. I need to know what this word is. I need to know what this word. What? It's torn. It's hard to. She whispers something to herself that Harold only just picks up. Mm. Whatever it takes. I need to know this word. And her eyes flash for a second. We need salt. Interesting. Lanwin, can you get us salt? I suppose. Um, there's a store over here. Hang on. And he picks the box back up, changes direction and walks towards where you would know Harold, like a general store nearby. Yeah. Run by like a nice elderly couple. Okay. Uh, so yes, here is some salt. What are we doing? Okay. So using that green potion, we need to pour in salt and then we need to ingest it. I don't want to pour it into my ear. No, no, I you can put it on the ground. I, I think I think she meant she meant pour it into the potion, right? We'll we'll need to in, we'll need to ingest the potion after he's dissolved the salt into it. Okay, Are you sure about this? This whole day has felt very unsure about a lot of things. She like shrugs her shoulders. It's the best I've got at the moment. Okay, Lanwin, can you? Um, take us out of your ear. Okay, but I'm not going to be able to hear you again. Yeah, but once we're on the ground, I want you to pour some salt into that potion, dissolve it, and then just un- like leave the container in a way that we can drink from it. Uh, okay. And he'll like put his hand next to his ear. Is, is he, I guess he's waiting for some some kind of signal. So are you all climbing out of his ear onto his hand? Yes. Yep, sure. We're all out. And when? And he'll bring his hand down to the ground. Um, in the distance, you can't like it's it's muffled by how far away this this sound might be. You kind of hear this. What are you doing over there, funny? I'm just uh um. Like you can see his giant gnome body pouring salt from a from a packet into this potion container, which he kind of props on the ground so it's not not falling out of the, the jar, but it's kind of raised up slightly. And he, you see Lamwin walking away to go and talk to Harold, assumes. 
given that he lives mm. nearby the shop owner to try and explain what he's doing or explain or lie maybe maybe lying is easier but there is this potion that you can see bubbling away uh you have access to it whether or not you take the the plunge so to speak but i will mention as you are now on the ground of this general store harold with your excellent passive perception you can hear something underneath one of the shelves getting closer something like scratching like nails on ground and you can see in the shadows underneath the aisle an enormous furry body Mm -hmm. making its way towards you and just in the the glint of light these these huge like (sighs) this is not okay it takes you a moment but that is a that's a mouse Mm mm-hmm um, we have some furry company on the way. I suppose, uh, I think we should probably speed things up a little. What? And Meredith turns around and sees it and goes, ah! I'm going to get you to all troll initiative because I'm going to say it takes, it takes six <laughs> seconds to drink this potion and we're going to do it in order. And it's somewhere in here, 22. the mouse is going to get its own. Okay. 19. 14 plus three, so 17. Did you say 17? Yes. Okay. This mouse is, it looks like it's poised to strike. Meredith, you're up first. All right. Do you um, interact with the mouse? Do you drink the potion? I think she's going to look at everybody and go, quick, potion, now. And then go and drink the potion. As you, like, take a hand's worth of potion, it does that thing where, like, water tension, like, causes this droplet on your hand to be, like, a little droplet that sits there. You, like, plunge your face into it to drink it. And you stumble for a second, and you can feel your body growing. uh, And it will take the remainder of your turn to return back to normal size. You cannot act further this turn. Harold. Um, I am going to cast Speak With Animals. Okay. And I'm going to say to the mouse, Is that a cat? (laughs) Hmm. Okay. Give me a deception. Deception. Yeah, true. Uh, oof, seven. The mouse looks back. No fooling me, meat. Okay. Uh, so that's your turn, Harold? Unless you... Are you moving? Yeah, I mean, I suppose I'll move away from the mouse. Yep. Move up next to the potion jar? Yeah. Okay. Potentia. I can see Meredith already. Yeah, she is. She is returning back to normal size. Um, she looks a little dazed. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll just run and drink the um, the antidote, the potion. Yeah. Okay. Um, as you drink the potion, I'm going to like shunt you to a space adjacent to probably Meredith because was, you're, you're becoming big. Yeah. What I was going to say is, can I can I put myself. Um, on like if if I got to kind of choose between going between like closer to Lanwin or further from Lanwin, can I go further from Lanwin? That was like Okay, on like on, on Meredith's other side. Yeah. yeah. I get you. Okay. Yeah, so you, you plunge your hands in, pull out a, a handful of this potion and gulp it down. And as you are like as the potion is taking effect, you like take a step and get on the other side of Meredith as you return to full size. Yeah. The mouse's turn. 
Um, it's going to run up and I think it's going to attack Harold because you tried to deceive it. Can I ask oh, no. a question? Is it getting, mm -hmm. is it going through appropriate squares? Um, well, it it's not like provoking attacks. It is not leaving your threatened square. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So first attack, it tries to bite you, Harold, 14. Yes, that hits. Okay, so it comes in with its bite and does nine points of piercing damage. And you find yourself grappled mm -hmm. as it as it bites into you. Uh, and then it tries to slash at you with one of its clawed hands. Uh, that's going to be a 13. Does that hit you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just rolled maximum damage. <gasps> no. Uh, so that's 18 points of slashing damage. Oh, it's all right. Harold has heals. Uh, then it is Velgus's turn. Velgus is going to charge the mouse with his little dagger he has. Uh, he hits. Good work. Yeah, Good Velgus. Work, uh, he drives uh, the knife into the side of this mouse, dealing four points of piercing damage. Nora, she sees Harold. Uh, take quite a sizable hit from this mouse. Her eyes go dark and purple and she places her hands out and like makes a circle with the mouse like, in the middle of it and she mutters some arcane words and a pool of darkness appears at the back of the mouse. <gasps> um, Harold, you're going to be outside of this sphere but um, the void is filled with a cacophony of soft whispers and slurping noises that can be heard. Mm -hmm. She casts the Hunger of Hadar. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and so it's going to take 2d6 cold damage. Yeah, that's um, that's unfortunate for this mouse. Um, then we go back to the top. Meredith, you've regained your senses. At your feet, you see yep. a cardboard box, uh, a little jar with some liquid in it, and a mouse being absorbed into a pool of inky blackness, and it, <laughs> um, and possibly you can see now this little tiny Harold in this in the mouse's mouth. Yeah. Um. So Harold is in the mouse's mouth. Yes. Okay. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna grab one of my daggers, and then I'm just gonna go. <laughs> And she's like gonna like look at the mouse and go, sorry, buddy, and then whoosh, stab down. All right, uh, roll to hit. That was thirteen. Can I get advantage because I'm massive? No, you're still. It's still a regular. It's still a, technically a fight. Um, yes, you hit. You hit its armor class, which now for mm -hmm. you was only a ten, and I'm assuming you deal more than one point of damage to a mouse. Uh, yeah, I got yeah, six. You kill this mouse. Returning to the mini scale for a moment for Harold, Nora, and Felgus, an enormous metal knife comes from the heavens and pierces this mouse, killing it instantly, pinning its body to the ground. Yeah. And it uh, releases Harold as it, like, screeches. Potentia. Meredith has just killed this mouse. Um, you can see Lanwin is explaining or at least trying to not have this the shopkeep interfere with whatever's whatever strangeness is occurring in the aisles of his stores because two people have just popped up into one, into them. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I'm not sure you can see Meredith, but you can see Potentia. You've just, like, appeared. 
I, I, essentially, I'm going to take myself away from what is the kind of combat space such that other people can pop up into the space if necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. And go walk over and just to try and, to in theory, try and backline one up in a minute. But, All right. Um, I guess just roll me a persuasion. Like, you don't have to tell me what you're saying, but you can just roll a persuasion too. Well, like, it was a natural 20, so it kind of doesn't matter what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the idea of, like, it, the, the my existence, like, him having done something weird and my existence popping in. Yeah. <laughs> the Porsche shop keeps like... Mm-hmm. Mm, yep. Ah. <laughs> ah. Uh, uh, I am confused. University kids doing strange <laughs> things in my store. What is this accent? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. So uh, the mouse is dead. Harold. Uh, I will drink the, or yeah, do the potion, I suppose. Yeah. Um, you return to your normal size. Unfortunately, your wounds scale up with you. And Velgus and Nora will also drink the potion and return to normal size. Yeah. I'm going to cast. Um, oh, can I yeah. have a go? Yeah. I mean, combat, combat is <laughs> yeah. over at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds level three on Harold. So Harold gets 13 points back. Cool. I mean, I don't think, even think I got you to half health. Nah, no. Uh, well, actually, level six is, um, I rolled pretty nicely as well for my uh, my hit points. Mm. I've been really lucky that I've, I think I've gotten above average. Like, I actually roll my hit points instead of taking the, you I think know, we all the, do. Yeah. I give you the option of taking the average or rolling. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've been lucky yeah, so far to at least roll at least what half is or more. So mm. yeah. Yeah. There, there was a, there was a moment there when I, I hit you with 3d6 damage at once and I went, that's maximum. Didn't, I wasn't like, oh, am I going to kill Tiny Harold? Uh, so yes, you are now no. normal sized once again. Um, Velgus looks very confused because he hasn't been normal sized and in a store or anything in the past six months. And he's kind of just like grasping at products on off the aisle and just like <laughs> like hugging like packets of chips and just like crying. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's so good to be normal sized. Yes, I can't imagine uh, what it's been like, you know, all these uh, well, months, I think uh, it's been at this point. Um, hello, by the way, uh, I'm Harold, just looking over at the, the shopkeeper. Yes, I've seen you in my store a couple of times. Uh, yes. where did you, uh, where did you all come from? Well, it's a, it's a long story, but, uh, I suppose the, you know, too long, didn't read, can't read version is, uh, uh we got shrunk, uh, by a potion and now we are unshrunk. Okay. And you had to use a packet of my salt to fix that? Yes, apparently. Yes, I've got some coin. It's Okay. Uh, uh, Lenwin, oh, I tell you what, uh, this 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 one's uh, this one's on me. Yeah. Uh, how much? How much for a packet of salt? Uh, let's see. We'll just call it. Uh, where is it? There. Um. Uh, it's only a small packet. Just a, a, f- a five copper pieces. Uh, I, I tell you what. Uh, I'm I'm very grateful. How about a silver instead? Uh, I'm I'm a reputable businessman, sir. Five copper pieces is the price. Five copper pieces. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to leave a silver piece here. <laughs> and if you find some, you know, charitable thing to do with the rest out of the goodness of your heart, then that's fine. Sort of a find a copper, leave a copper situation. Uh, exactly. Okay, sure. Uh, well, uh, you all have a nice night. 
whatever it is you're, you're planning on doing. Uh, I think that man needs some pants. Velgus, like, pulling his scraps together. Oh, well, uh, it's been a... I might need a, a, a shower and some clean water would be good as well. Nora, like... I think we can Nora manage nods. that. Um, I think I remember where you live, Velgus. I can take you back to your place if you want. I that would be good. I oh, hope the, I haven't paid rent in six months. That could be a problem. Uh, I will. I'll go with you to where you used to live, and we'll see if we can get some of your stuff. Okay, Harold, I'll need to get that sphere back from you. That's my whole PhD. Oh no, of course. I, I mean, take it. You know, um, are we? I mean, are we thinking of potential rescue situations uh, for the other two? I mean, obviously, we don't know exactly where they are, but they are quite small. Uh, I think it'd be worth checking out where the box was found. Um, you know, I, I've actually been working on a way to locate uh, people, uh, you know, using the, the star orb. Uh, I'm not quite ready yet. I, I still uh, require a little more study, but... You know, once I get it perfected, I, I think we could have a, a look for them, you know, and see if see if they're around. I I imagine they probably aren't living too far from the box being small. Uh, hopefully, you know, something turns up. Uh, you know, I'll let you know when I sort of nail it down, as it were, you know. That would have been good. And perhaps I, I can come with you and, and help look as well. Yes, I, I mean, it would be... I, I, I need your help anyway. I, I, you know, without having met the person before, you, you sort of... Uh, you need something of theirs that... as a guide, as it were. Uh, okay, well, uh, I might have something in my possessions if I have possessions still. Uh, and Landon kind of walks over. Hey, Meredith. Sorry, I, I was running a little late. Landon, no, don't apologise at all. You did us a massive favour. Did you get it? A massive favour? <laughs> quite uh, uh, quite fortuitous, size actually. Thing. I mean, Meredith invited me to the, the party tonight. And I, I told me to meet at your place. <gasps> the party. Nora looks at both Harold and Meredith like, oh, yeah. I completely forgot about it. Everyone's doing that thing where they're all looking at each other, except looking at Potentia. But Lamwin is like, tennis, like, what's going on? What's happening? Nora, I don't quite have my land legs back yet. Could you, could you give me a hand? Uh, she looks back at Harold and Meredith, and she is not looking at Potential. Yes, I can come with you. As she, like, walks towards the, the, the store exit, she looks back and looks at all of you and, like, locks eyes with Potential. See you all later. Mm-hmm. And the two of them leave. Hey, it's your friendly Dungeons & Doctorates DM, Ben, here once again to remind you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and to use the hashtag DNDoctorates when you talk about the show. But you already know that because this is episode 60 of the show and it would be very strange if you started listening right now. But I'm going to remind you anyway to follow us on all of those social media things and spread the word. It's the end of the year, so why not tell people about the show and get them on board 
they can catch up over our break next week. Just listen to 60 episodes in a week uh, so they can be all caught up for what comes out after our break. That doesn't sound crazy. Definitely something you could do. 60 episodes, like less than an hour an episode. That's just, you know, two or three days of binging. Very doable, but not something I am recommending at all. Attempt at your own discretion. So as I just mentioned, next week we are taking a break. Uh, At this moment, I am currently visiting my family in Queensland maybe even resting by a poolside that would be nice so very much enjoying this end of year uh, rest period so we are coming back in the second week of january with a very special episode i hinted at it last week and the week before and the week before and in the common room that's right when we come back in the second week of january thursday the 13th We'll be back with a Kobold Caper. This is Kobold Caper 2, Heisting Boogaloo. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. You have to just hold on until it comes out. You're going to be very, very happy with it if you enjoyed our first Kobold Caper. And you've got a week now before this one comes out. So plenty of time to go back and listen to the Kobold Caper from last year. If you submitted a mid-show message after the last episode came out, I'm sorry, but I'm currently on holidays, so I'll get to it in the new year. But uh, to fill this spot right now, I'm going to tell you all, I hope you are all having a good holiday time. Uh, I hope that even if you aren't on holidays, you are working through this this time. I hope things are, you know, things are going well for you. And... For those of us who are lucky enough to get this time as holiday, remember to treat those who are working through this time with as much respect and appreciation as you can because they're, they're working through a time where we get to have off and I think we should appreciate them for that because I used to work those Christmas casual jobs and my gosh, uh, you get real tired. Oh boy. Anyway, be nice to them while they're out there doing their thing and you're doing yours. I hope for those of you who celebrate it, you had a lovely Christmas last week. And for those of you who don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you just had, you know, a nice day. I think Book of Boba Fett's coming out, so that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, I'm not going to hold us up any longer. Get back to the episode right after I remind you that we're taking a break next week. That's right, break next week and then back second week of January. That is the 13th of January, 2022. We're about to be in the future. Wow. Anyway, enough from me. Get back to the episode right now. After a few more minutes of awkward conversation with the store owner, Harold, Meredith, Potentia and Lanwin, make their way back to Harold's place. I think I'd like to say something to potential I thought you way might. back to Harold's place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. I'm all, I'm yeah. A, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is um, heading to so, Harold's place? Yeah, we're walking back to yeah. Harold's place. Um, and Meredith just kind of reaches up to touch Potentia's elbow and gets her to look down at her and she says, hey, just wanted to apologise for earlier. I sh- like... I got really angry at you and I shouldn't have, like, I was just really scared. You scared me and I lashed out and I shouldn't have and I just wanted to apologise. 
You don't need to apologise. Your reaction was perfectly logical. Yeah, but it, just because it's logical doesn't mean it's the right thing. You, you get, okay? You get, as you say that, you get a confused look from her <laughs> because everything you know about her says that that yeah, sentence yeah, yeah. makes no sense <laughs> to mm-hmm. her, functionally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know you're dealing with a lot right now. And I mean, we all are, but I want to take care of you because you're one of my best friends. It implies I need to be taken care of. Well, you don't need to be taken care of, but I want to take care of you. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't say anything. Mm. Meredith just smiles and says, I'm sorry for how I reacted. You knew, you knew what you were doing. You just freaked me out a bit. That's all. And then she keeps walking because, you know, like she's pretty self, like emotionally intelligent. She doesn't know she doesn't really need to say mm. anything else. Um, I think Lanwin is probably talking with Harold, just asking like a million questions about like what it, what it was like yeah. to be that small. <laughs> mm. And when they get to uh, Harold's place, Lanwin like, hey, I, I'm sorry that I entered your apartment without being invited in, Harold. Uh, yeah, Meredith invited me, and so I told me to meet you here, and the door was unlocked. I, I, I know I, I know I kind of saved your life, maybe, but I feel like I, I, I <laughs> intruded into your home. I mean, to be fair, you, you were expecting somebody to be there, and you got no answer, and the door was open. I mean, that's kind of a suspicious circumstance, you know? I mean, as far as I'm aware, you're probably doing me a favour, you know, just checking what was going on, so I I wouldn't worry about it. Good. I'm excited for this barbarian party. Yes, me too, surprisingly. Even after the day we've had, I, um... God, it's just always such a fun time, isn't it, you know? Yeah. I haven't really gone out to, to these kind of parties before, but it sounds... I mean... Is there actually crawling involved between the pubs? No. (laughs) Well, I think it depends how uh, far into the evening we've gotten, but not at the start, at least. No, I I don't think that's part of the plan. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Uh, I I tried to wear some nice clothes, but I didn't want to wear them too nice in case we're going to a a crawling event. And when you're my size, you get splashed on a lot at bars, so... Uh, my shoulders are actually uh, waterproof. Yeah. What? <laughs> Ingenious. You should try and apply that to the rest of your outfits. Uh. Well, they have patches and it splashes off me. So, unfortunately, the material is a little uh, squeaky. If I was wearing a full suit of this stuff, you'd hear me a mile away. Ah, uh, I see. Yes, yeah, probably, probably not what you want, is it? Ah, uh, well, it depends what I'm trying to do. I, I might just wait out here. I... Uh, and as like, I guess Harold heads in first. Um, he puts his hand out to like catch Meredith as she, like as she walks past. Hey, you doing alright? Has Potentia already headed 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 inside? Uh, I think she would keep walking past to go inside. So if he okay. stopped her, then if he stopped, if Lanwin has stopped Meredith, Potentia's mm-hmm. not stopping. She's she she's on a mission yeah. to get her stuff. Yeah. Um. I feel as though I've said something to upset your friend. 
Also, and he reaches into his pocket. I brought donut um, holes. It's like the the bit of. <gasps> a, I, I thought they made them without the hole, but these are. Ledwin, you're the best. Oh, good. They just got cinnamon. They're, they're quite good. I think they're still warm. Oh yeah. Uh, she um she bites into one and around it kind of asks, which which friend are you talking about? Uh, your um potential, I think, is her name. I I I meant. Uh, yeah. Listen, there's been some things happening in the background. I wouldn't worry about that yeah, too much. Yeah, I mean, you, you told me about your friend and I... Are you okay? Raffi, yeah. I mean, yes and no. It was a pretty awful situation and it was a bit shocking. I've never really, like, lost anyone like that before, yeah, so... Yeah, you, you, you mentioned that. Um, no, I'm looking forward to tonight. We'll have, we'll have some fun and, and we'll... Yeah. yeah! Can I have one of those? I, I, yeah! I, yeah. Great. Thank you. Sorry, I was like hogging them all to myself. No, I mean, Go for it. to be shared, so. <laughs> yeah. No worries. This is amazing. You're the best. Uh, and I think the two of you head inside to Harold's place. Yeah. Potentia is going to gather her stuff and go to leave to go home. Because she did not come to come to a pub crawl. And it is entirely mm-hmm. up to the other players what they want to do with that. I have multiple ways. I have no yeah. intent for that. That like that that this is not Kate the yeah. player saying she's going home, but as at this moment in time she's going home, and that yeah. is yeah. for you to know. I don't. Okay. I I Kate um, do not have strong feelings about being like she's only going home, but you need to know that, that yeah, yeah, she's yeah. basically yeah. gone inside to get yeah, her yeah. stuff. We get you. Potential. Yeah. Uh, she looks back to you. Audio medium. That's right. Got to explain that. <laughs> I know. Uh, look, I, I know parties and such aren't really your scene. Uh, Can't imagine why you'd think that. She she says, knowing full well that that is sarcasm. Like, it's it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I, and I'm not suggesting you force yourself to come out with us tonight, uh, but. You know, I, I feel like a lot happened to us in a, a very short space of time. I, and reflection is, is good, you know. Uh, I think that's how we grow as people a lot of the time. But don't feel like you have to shut yourself away, you know. I Maybe Nora would be up for a more quiet evening, you know, uh, doing more sort of enigmary type things, you know, talking about mysteries and, and things. I, I just think that it would be good for you to sort of, you know, you, if you lock yourself away from human interaction forever, uh, I understand you can't lose something if you don't get attached to it, but, you know, a life without attachment is it's probably worse, isn't it? Harold, different people react to loss in different ways, as you would be aware. And you got to say your goodbye, and we didn't. You don't get to tell me how to feel. And you don't get to tell me to get over it. Because trust me, I have lived more life 
before now than you and I have much more life that I have to live after this. It's not about telling you how to feel, Potentia. I'm just trying to prevent you from finding yourself in a hole that may be hard to get out of. I mean, if today has taught us anything, I think it's the value of teamwork, you know, and I know everyone deals with things in their own way, you know, I have my own thoughts about what happened as well. But it's easy to think that you're coping when you don't have the perspective with which to see it. And what perspective is that supposed to be? It's life. You can't, you know, you just, if you shut yourself away from life, you, I just think you'll struggle to, to move forward because all you will, you can end up, you know, I, I almost, I almost quit university. Did you know that? When my uncle went missing, I was so obsessed with trying to find him. I, I almost, I almost quit and, you know, went off on some you know, crazy mission that I just wasn't prepared for because I didn't allow myself the the perspective of, of what everyone else bought and it, you know, if it weren't for my siblings and, you know, some of my, uh, you know, my my classmates, I, I, I might have gone through with it and it, it would have been an awful mistake because I'm in a much better position now, should I wish, to you know, to, to do something about it. Uh, I get, I mean, I know, I get the feeling. I know that maybe you're not used to people being reliable and, uh, you know, not transient, but there are a lot of people here who have grown fond of you and we would hate to see you become a lesser version of yourself because you thought that that is the way to honor Rafi. And I, I promise you, he he wouldn't have wanted that. You can't know that. Hmm. Um, you can roll an insight check if you like. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 19 plus one. <laughs> you are not completely sure what the look on Harold's face was. It, it doesn't. It doesn't match. It doesn't match the the tone of mm. the rest of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Harold, you seem to have been able to move on very quickly, and maybe that's lucky for you. Maybe some of us poured more energy into certain relationships that you didn't see because you've been so swept up with worrying about other things. I wouldn't presume to think that I've moved on, Potentia. I just... You get the big, you get a big eye, eye raise on that because that's exactly what she thinks you've done. I just want to honour Rafi's sacrifice by making the most out of the life that he gave us. I mean, he... I don't even know what would have happened if he, if he weren't there. I mean, you, you could be dead for all I know. 
At least it would have been my fault. Potentia Rafi made a choice. And your friendship was important enough to him for him to make that choice. Doesn't make it your fault. You can't blame people for the choices that they make. But you can honor them. And that's why I'm going. Because that's the only way I can honor him. I can't go and have a stupid party when some of us are alive because of him. How can I go and sit at some stupid pub and deal with idiots that that don't know? I'm not saying you should party, Potentia. I'm just saying that you shouldn't shut yourself off to everybody. It's interesting when the person saying that is a person who you thought would understand. And it's very clear that they don't. I think Meredith is probably going to, like... She's been overhearing this conversation. Like, have like, have walked into the room and, like, Lamwin maybe mm. is like, mm, I'm going to step back. Yeah, so he kind of walks out and she, like, holds up a hand for him, uh, to him. Um, she looks at Potentia and she says, I understand that you are hurting, but remember that people deal with this in different ways. Don't diminish somebody else's experience because it doesn't match up with your own. I love you, but that was unfair. It's only unfair if he is going through the same thing that we are. For some reason, I don't think he is. Uh, And she's going to pick up her stuff and walk out. Yeah, I think Meredith's going to let her go because that was unfair. Um, and she just kind of looks at Harold and goes, are you okay? I'll be all right. I'm just worried about her, I, you know. I, yeah, me too. I've been in that situation where you don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. And it never ends the way you think. Yeah, I know. But there's only so much we can do. She's got to make her own choice and she's got to... We can hold out our hands, but she's got to take them. Well, we're not going anywhere, are we, so... No. Definitely not. uh... Who's probably, like, standing in the the side (laughs) of the room looking very uncomfortable. Yeah. Lanwin, I'm sorry about all of this. Uh, As you may have guessed we've had a difficult couple of weeks uh yeah it doesn't sound like you've had uh some good times recently and i don't know entirely what happened today but it sounds like today was stressful too oh it really was i mean it wasn't high up on my list of things to uh to have occurred today i will say yeah Uh, but it was interesting meredith looks at the uh, two that the two of them and says i don't know about you guys I could really use a drink. Same. Uh, just let me uh, patch myself up a little. Uh, I still have a little blood on the these robes. I wish Potentia had 
you know, done that trick of hers before she'd left, but that's okay. Um, well, uh, shall we? Uh, are we, are we meeting Gore or are we, is he coming over here? I, I think, I think uh, he said something about setting up the pub for the first part of the crawl. Yeah, I think we were going to meet him there, hey? Yes. No matter how many drinks I have, don't let me play that game of theirs with the <laughs> knife. Uh, I'm not the most dexterous person at the best of times. <laughs> and it's amazing what sounds like a good idea after you've had a few. Uh, don't worry. You know, and Meredith, like, comes up to to give Harold a bit of a, like, hug around the back of the legs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look out for you. We got your back, buddy. There's another, like, he comes around yeah. the other side. Just, it's, just like, like, it's, a, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just like, a, like a gnome and a halfling, like, wrapped around one leg each. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. 